Welcome to another bonus episode recorded live with audience pre-COVID-19 at the Conversion Hotel Conference in November 2019 on the island of Tessel in the Netherlands. This session is with Arnoud Hellemans, freelance SEO and analytics specialist from Online Market Think, and Charles Meaden, founder from Digital Nation uh, in the UK. And the topic of this session was things that are always broken in analytics. And my first question was asking Arnoud about what the broken things are that he usually encounters when starting with a new client. Anything except for Google Ads tracking. The rest is shite. Because that's what they... It's that, that it's, a, it's a tool, in my opinion, it's, uh, Google Analytics is a way to sell uh, ads. If it's the only one that gives you proper ROI reports and everything, that one works. The rest you have to set up manually using UTM tagging. So, yeah, pretty and much. Is it, is it usually that your clients come to you to fix those things or do they want something else to happen and then? Well, you probably know the answer. They come to me because they want to grow and then I look at the data and they go, well, 60% of your traffic is direct. So we might first want to try and fix that. Yeah, or you can already fix those KPIs by just fixing Exactly. <laughs> and then you already reach your, your goal. Exactly. Right? So uh, I, think, I think by default, there is, there's hardly any, um, and even my own projects, I, I regularly find stuff that is broken and I still need to fix. So why is that? Is, is default so hard to set up analytics correctly? I think there is a huge misunderstanding about things like direct traffic. Just ask anybody in your organization, what is direct? And they go like, hey, you, people type in the URL. Really? Because it isn't, and we know that. So, so I think, um, yeah. So we're here to learn, Arnaud, to tell us. Well, there's plenty of ways. So my biggest eye-opener was just last year, where I really started understanding that's either the HTTP refer that defines the channel, or it's a UTM tag. If neither of those is filled, it basically ends up being direct. So, um, so with more apps, for instance, uh, um, being there for publishers, where you basically pu publish feeds of your content, um, if those are native apps and they're not UTM tracked, they become direct. So, so basically, the other category. <laughs> yeah, but they name it direct. So it, it, it's it's just. Mm. Yeah. yeah, Charles, welcome. <laughs> welcome. Um, any, any, anything you want to add? What was usually the most broken things at well, I have a list of 145 common issues. These are things that keep on adding and adding. Now, a couple of years True. ago, we had a client who 60% direct traffic. And yeah. Straight away, you go, that's wrong. We looked at the usual stuff, and the bounce rate was all over the place, and it wasn't a single page. And what it turned out to be was a programmatic bot to randomly simulate user journeys. Now, the client had not noticed this for six months. They reported these figures back to the board. So the biggest problem is the devs who are setting up just assume they've been told put Google Analytics on, and they think everything should work. And then all the clever stuff, so the classic thing is, let's not have a thank you page on a form. And then somebody says, well, I've spent a million on marketing. Where's on my thank you pages? Oh, we didn't think about that. And it's a real, the, the biggest thing that's broken is a lack of education and a lack of marketing people saying, put Google Analytics on and not saying what they want. Yep. And a lack of devs who've told to do everything else, and somebody gives them a code and goes, there's a code, it's, it's done. 
We should stop doing things with bot bots even after uh, also after Lucas' session. We shouldn't be using <laughs> messing up all. But bots are fun. They're fun. You could do stuff with bots. No, I, I love bots. Yeah. Uh, crawlers um, are bots and like, like everything. And you want to test journeys, so it makes perfect sense. But there's there's plenty of things. I think the the, the <laughs> really interesting discussion uh, where people would um, basically have CPA bidding on their Google Ads based on a goal in analytics who somebody changed the goal. So it, instead of measuring just say 10 conversions or 20, it were like 300 and they set the CPA to 50 euros without a budget cap. So literally Google went all out because the signal was you're doing great. So they kept on spending more. So he ended up with spending about 10K a day instead of uh, just a few hundred. And that's a classic example of a set and forget it. People set it up, somebody moves on, next person takes over the analytics. And we look at sometimes, we look at the goals and go, why have you got a goal for summer 2015? Do, do you need it? They go, oh, well, somebody else set it up and I don't want to touch it. I mean, we did one for an exhibition company and they had five mm. GA accounts on every page. <laughs> and I said, well, what are they? I've only got access to, he said, yeah, those other three. We don't know what they do, but if we turn them off, Somebody from America is going to shout at us. Is it causing any damage? And we well, were like, well, no, because it wasn't disrupting the data. But in that case, this is a big billion dollar company. And the Americans yeah. were just not talking to the EMEA team because they didn't see the need. I'd say give it a try, turn it off, see what happens. They, they, they really didn't want to. There was a real fear in that organization. Well, the, the other thing I think uh, has happened is when you start measuring the right goals, and their KPI is to reach certain goals and so suddenly it becomes less. They go like, nah, don't do yeah. that because, well, I might lose my bonus. Oh, we came across an organization that was bonused on the bounce rate. <laughs> and we came in and said, but the bounce rate is fundamentally wrong. And they said, do you have to, make, do you have to tell our boss about this? Yeah, he's paying us. And the boss went, Oh, can we change it after Christmas? My <laughs> team, my t I can't afford to lose my team. And we went, he said, bounce rate's a bad thing for bonus. And we went, yeah, it's a really stupid thing. So is there any KPI in Google Analytics that we can use for bonuses? Yeah, of your course. Margin, your margin thing. Uh, if, um, so, so the one thing that I started doing, it was about nine years ago, um, I don't like the revenue field in Google Analytics, so in e-commerce. And I tend to, for any client, use e-commerce instead of goals. Um, the reason being that in any report, you can just select e-commerce and it will tell you how much you make on the sessions from a certain device, from a certain location, whatever. So, but I, instead of sending revenue, I basically send profit. And now a lot of objections are like, yeah, but they don't really want to tell me the profit. I've been there, uh, that's confidential and blah, blah, blah. And then I go like, give me a ballpark figure. Is it 0 0.2, 0 0.3, is it 30? What's your average uh, uh, profit per, per sale? And then just do it times 0 0.3 and send that. And then suddenly it becomes really clear where you're making the money. Yeah. Do we already have some questions from the audience? Rick. <laughs> you had a question, right? No, no, not anymore. Um, think, think about those questions, people. Um, so when you, you spoke about uh, uh, doing this for larger clients, uh, does it help uh, if, if you're now working for smaller clients, think, oh, this is all this crap, I don't want to deal with it, let's, let's move up market, let's work for larger clients. They will have this all figured out. No, they don't. <laughs> they seriously, they don't. Um, 
Because the same issues apply, and it takes, that's not true, some, so for example, the quickest time we ever implemented enhanced e-commerce was four days, and that was for a big client, because their devs were so switched on. Brief went in, I'm working for a very large UK retailer, and we are now a year into the project. Yeah. Because the marketing team is on a completely different team to the team that run the website, and it's politics, and it's silo, and however much we say, if we get enhanced e-commerce in, we can make the ad spend a lot more effective. The e-commerce team is not bonused on that. They're bonused on page speed, so they see this as a hassle. <laughs> and there's no amount of education you do. Smaller clients often see the benefits quicker. Because especially if it's a business owner who owns it, and you're going to say, I'm delivering more revenue to you, that's it. Yeah. Smaller companies, uh, I, I, so... I love working for smaller companies. However, the problem is they don't have the money, time, or resources to implement loads of the stuff. So it's always that sweet spot. So I love to work for scale-ups. But the larger the company, this is my personal view, the larger the company, and especially old-school companies that started to do e-business, uh, e basically, it's fundamentally fucked. Yeah. It's really, really that bad. So how do you approach uh, when a client comes to you and then, um, well, you need to do some, you need to do your work. Mm -hmm. um, how, do you, how do you start out? How do you give them like an estimate? Okay, but we can start out, but we need, I don't know, X days, weeks, months to fix stuff. And how do you sell that? We demonstrate, just personally speaking, we demonstrate all the other clients we've done audits for. And we say out of 500, we found issues on 490, and that wakes people up. Yeah. And we will say, I can't tell you how long it's gonna fix until I know what the baseline is. And the baseline, we come in and we say, these are the issues, this is the impact it's having, and this is the time it will take to fix it. So you're possibly gonna get 10 of them, half time, it's stuff that, so for example, the classic thing is, small organizations don't block their own IP addresses. And somebody on the speed on the site, or they've been testing, or we discovered the other week that people were filling out sales forms on the website. So they were taking phone calls and then filling on the website. So of course their website activity looked fantastic. Yeah. And when we, I think the best we saw was the company where we said, are you selling to the Philippines? And they were like, no, we don't sell to the Philippines. And 90% of all their traffic was from the Philippines because all their staff were based in the Philippines and they put the same GA tag on the external site and the extranet. Yeah. And the bloke said, well, this is a nightmare. Well, not really. Well, I'm gonna lose 90% of traffic. But your conversion rate is going to go through. Because they were saying, <laughs> our, cost per our cost per acquisition has gone through the roof. Yeah, because you keep on advertising to the wrong people. Yeah. So, yeah, a lot of it is demonstrating to people. And then once you've gone and demonstrated you know what you're doing and there is a route out of there, then you can say how long it's going to be. But I, I, I often do a little bit of a quiz. So I, I basically ask them, like, what is direct traffic? And literally, I've only had one client that was properly being able to explain it to me. Um, I asked the same for a bounce. Does everybody know what a bounce is here? Yes, we all know, but please explain. <laughs> <laughs> because I think, I, I thought I knew, up until the moment I was at Conversion Hotel number one, where um, Angie Schuttmuller basically opened my eyes what an actual bounce is. So an actual bounce is that only one interaction is measured in GA. So, for instance, if you write uh, a blog post, I often use this example. So, you um, write a blog post on how to fix uh, a, your phone when it's got wet. 
So you write a blog post, put it in a bowl of rice, and just a, a complete how-to. So people just uh, go to their computer, they Google it, they go, they go to that page, they scroll all the way down, and they won't be going to any other place on that blog because they've achieved their task. They want to know how to fix their wet phone. So they put it in a bowl of rice, they close the browser, that page has 98% bounce rate. But does that mean it's a shitty page? Depends, no. are, you, are you tracking how many people are, have fixed phones now? Or? Well, but what I'm, what I'm saying, well, you can't really track that, can you? Can you? Um, so, no. so, but the, the way to do this is, um, in these kind of cases, what I tend to do is I put, uh, uh, I send an event when people scroll to three quarters of the page, which equals to an intent that that page was as interesting as I wanted it to be. And um, we also do that, then we put a timer tag on. So every 30 seconds. So we had a client that had, we took them for a search, it was charity, and we took them from 3,000 to 90,000 a year, because the last website was so bad. <laughs> and a couple of good links from the BBC and the Daily Mail. <laughs> and they said, oh, this is brilliant, but 90% of all our traffic leaves after a page. And in their mindset, they said, this is terrible. We went, no, we'll put a timer on there. And then we put some scroll tracking on. Yeah. Lo and behold, they were on there for three and a half minutes. Uh, but, but again, it's an education point of view. Yeah. So I hear a lot about uh, misaligned goals and uh, bonuses. Is that something that improves in larger organizations or does it uh, really matter? Yeah, but you have to go high up. Okay. So, so, so that also depends on where you get hired. So if you get approached by a marketing team, uh, they are probably in the silo of marketing. So they just want to make the analytics work for their business case. Whereas if you can get hired in, say, C-level at, at a company or a founder or whatever, then you can define what are your actual business goals. So what are you trying to do? And then start measuring that and then flow it down to those individual goals if, if needed. But otherwise, it's really hard. And try to get in when bonuses get set, not when they, <laughs> they're almost like getting on the payout side, because then you won't get any changes done. Whenever we go and we'll say to people, if we're doing training, whatever, we'll say, right, what information do you need to get yourself a pay rise? Don't tell me in, ter in terms of Google Analytics or Adobe, what do you need to get your job done? And then they'll describe it to you, because otherwise you're constraining them by going, oh, I need this and I need that. And then we say, well, if we do X amount of work, we can get you there. Or if we do it, now one of our clients is an old school catalog company. And they've always lived off numbers. And as the guy said, old school catalog was hard because you had to send stuff in the post and it cost you money, you had to print stuff. And for the last two years, they have tracked every single click on their website, every single interaction. And they've just done a big machine learning project and they now know exactly what combination of clicks will get a sale. And that is then fed back. But they, could, they couldn't have got there if they didn't have that culture, that maturity inside the organization that said it's, and they said it's risky. We don't know if this is going to work. And you want to be moving people all the time to that bit. Yeah, and uh, so the other thing I'm, I'm seeing is that um, numbers. So we all have had this question where people are like, numbers? What, what is a good conversion rate? What is a good conversion rate? Anyone? Yeah. Um, however, <laughs> if you... What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, better than last week. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or not, depends. Um, but um, but 
what I've noticed is that when we talk in terms of profit and actual hard dollars, euros or pounds, people really understand it. And I use a lot of analogies where I say, this is a store. This is somebody going into these kind of things. You've got 100 people walking in and 99 of them just walking out. But they actually have had those products. So what you, you need to visualize it to people. People have no, they're looking at numbers. And I often tell people, they're actually people, not numbers. Don't frustrate people. I mean, we had that with a UK retailer has got 200 stores. And I said, do people act the same way in, your, in each of the stores? He went, no, it's completely different because the store up in Newcastle is different from London. I said, so why do people all act exactly the same way on the website? He went, oh, I see what you're getting at now. Because in his mind, there was just a website visitor. So for him, it was just a waste of money. I don't care about the website. Well, mate, you're doing 100 million a year and you really don't want to spend any money on optimization because to him, it, it was still a waste of money. Anyone in the audience that uh, has a Come question on guys. Or, or just wants to rant just, just about their clients? That's also or rant fine. about us. Yeah. Or rant that's, about that's us. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, I have a question regarding more the process kind. Um, if you look at finance, if you look at operations, then they use a lot of data as well. And the first thing they do when they do analysis is check for data, check the quality of data. And then we marketing people come in and then we just we draw conclusion first. And when we don't agree with the conclusion, then we start checking the data quality. So isn't it more like a discussion on how we use data as uh, in our marketing field? So we need to check first for the quality instead of just running around with insights and analysis and yeah, making bonuses based on, uh, on the data and analysis. I completely agree. Couldn't get yeah. agree more. So one of the first things we'll always do is say, look at their analytics and say, how close are you? to your accounting system or your sales system. And if you're more than two, two to three percent out, you've got a problem. If it's within two to three percent, that happens. Because one of the first things we find is we go to organizations and people say, I don't trust the analytic system because that isn't what gets the wages paid. And so people say, well, I'll report to them. I don't really believe in it. <laughs> and that's normally when we've been brought in because somebody's gone, this is ridiculous. We need to make business decisions based on allied data. Yeah, but so, so I just got a um, proposal for one of my clients, a, an internal proposal, to do enhanced uh, attribution. <laughs> so, and, and the girl who wrote it was actually really smart and, and really good. But my reply to her was, let's first get rid of that 50% direct traffic that is currently in there. Because how? For how how in God's how name are we going to do enhanced attribution if the data is not correct or not to be trusted? Because otherwise, we'll just get into discussions afterwards, as you mentioned, where they go like, yeah, but obviously, like Facebook is reporting that this happened and that you can't follow it. It's like, no, we're trusting Facebook. We'll trust, that's what happens. We'll trust whoever makes us look good. <laughs> exactly. True that. Yeah. True that. Next question. Oh, come on, guys. I know you have a question. <laughs> ah, cool. Hi, guys. Marcel here. Um, how did you check the data quality of the implementation you're actually then uh, applying? You, you see that the data quality at when you are there is rubbish, but then a developer or yourself needs to implement additional tags. How do you make sure that that tags are good Better. and test? And you walk the customer journey. The very first thing I do is I fire up Chrome. Yeah. 
and I get GA tools or GA debug, and I go, right, I, take, I will take 20 minutes looking in GA, going one of the most common pages, and then I will walk through and I will, make, I will attempt to make a purchase. And I'll do it on mobile. I'll say, what are the most, what are the most popular devices? And I'll do that first. Um, so you're in, in most of the product, uh, product teams, there are testers. But in this case, from, from a GA perspective, most of the time you test yourself. Yeah, I, we always test ourselves because we've often been brought in to audit the organization. So we're starting from scratch. So I tried to educate um, uh, my tester to also look at GA. Um, she did it the first time, but the second time and third time, she was like, yeah, the, the UA code was filled. Yeah, but we were missing all these steps. And she was like, oh, but how can I test this? So one of the things that I'm looking into doing because of a measurement, measurement uh, measure camp uh, session was using Ghost Inspector um, and then together with uh, GA Debug to run it automated and then look at whether all the events fired. So that could be a way to automate these kind of tests, but I haven't built it yet. But it's something that, that is in my mind of doing. Um, and I think that the, uh, secondly, it's, um, ah, there's another one I see so often, is they use a different uh, GA code uh, on acceptance. So, or they use the same and they don't exclude the host name in the main uh, thing. So what you see is suddenly it flatlines. So another good one is set up alerts for flatlining in GA uh, or huge drops. So, or things like payment gateways. Somebody in finance has put a new payment gateway in and all of a sudden your top referring campaign is PayPal. It's PayPal or the new Barclays <laughs> or whichever territory you've got in because nobody in finance thought they did their job. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, so there's, there's loads of these things that you really want to, but primarily test it yourself or I get it to fail one or two times and I'll, I'll double question it and then go to the founder and saying, we're missing this data and saying, what happened? Because I want them to feel what it is to be missing these data. I mean, our wheels work in something that things are going to break. So we have early warning systems set up, which basically might say, mm -hmm. give us the top browsers, whatever it is, and then look back this week, last week, a running average. And then you'll know if somebody's broken something. So a couple of years ago, we did some work for a hard car company on the brand new checkout, and the conversion rate on day one was down 25%. Anybody went, well, this must be wrong. And these were the days where Firefox was 25% of the market, and you couldn't check out on Firefox. And turned out they'd only tested on one browser. Do you guys have any experience with uh, outsourcing this and uh, automating this? I mean, there are, I think there are services out there where you can set up. We spend a lot of time working at how much we can automate this, but part of it is experience. So I use, an auto, I use a lot of the um, tools around the, the Google Analytics API mm -hmm. to get me information quicker. But at the end of the day, I've still got to look at the data and go, that, like the guys with a 60% direct, mm. a tool isn't going to pick that up. It's going to give me a hint. I can look at that one. Um, so one of the things we did recently is we worked out the API, you could get the viewport and you can get the browser window. And so anything that's basically got a zero difference between the viewport and the browser window must be a headless Chrome. Therefore, that's not a human being. And that was 5% of the client's traffic. And he went, right, I'm mm -hmm. going to have a word with the IT department. Somebody had set up their own server monitoring tool Out of the best, with the best interest, but they hadn't thought about the impact. So it's quite nice. Um, there's an SEO tool called Lightbulb that now. Sidebulb. Sightbulb, yep. Yeah. Sightbulb. 
automatically doesn't fire the GA tag. And that's a, the yeah, no, it's a, so I work with the developers of uh, Sidebolt and uh, say they, they did the same thing with uh, Adobe Analytics because I, it was literally killing it because it was trying to render every page and it was... So, uh, so they, they, you, there you can exclude anything. But even with tools like Screaming Frog, you can basically, in Chrome, you can see uh, whether the GA tag is firing on every page. So these are all relatively basic uh, checks you might want to put in. Yeah, and uh, you mentioned uh, Adobe Analytics. Uh, <laughs> most people, I think, use Google Analytics. Is there any inherent difference between those tools in, in how they handle this? Is there anyone, uh, any tool better than the other or is it just all the same? Uh, no, so I, I, I only got to work with Adobe, say, in January. It took me a while to get used to it. Um, it has some really cool features, um, but in general, I still prefer GA, but and that's probably because 90% of the time I spend in GA. And it's still down to implementation. You it can't, you can't roll is. Adobe out of the box and it will just work. Yeah. Hello. Yes, I have a question. Name and, name and registration, please. <laughs> I'm Reinhard Hai. Hi. What's the moment you can trust the data? And maybe, okay, start with that. That's question one. That's an excellent question. <laughs> For the 30 seconds after you run every test possible and nobody else has messed with the code. Yeah. Uh, so, so to me, um, <laughs> It's it's when it feels reasonable. So I'm I'm, they, 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 uh, there is an awful lot of gut feeling. But if I double check everything, so for instance, a great check for me always is like you take direct traffic, for instance, and you take the landing page. If the landing page is not the home page, it's probably a tagging problem somewhere. Um, so so these kind of checks you can do. But if I fully customized everything and it kind of feels like it's the right way i check it now and then but I, there is no health score but as as oh. I, I wish there was but there isn't when my analytics data syncs correctly with other data sources in the company so when i'm seeing the same revenue and the same products that i'm seeing the sales order system because that's the stuff going out of the warehouse yep yeah, and and the other thing like uh um it is not trustworthy, and um, one of the people here built a tool, uh, and, and I've spoken about it like two years ago here. Um, it's using the measurement protocol to spoof hits on, on websites, and there is hardly any way for them to prevent that from happening. Well, there is, but it's quite complicated. So I think um, do the best you can, and then stay with that yeah. so, so you've been trying all your life to get away from all those gut feeling things and be data driven <laughs> but and Arnold basically says just trust yeah. your gut mate so a question uh, 1b or oh, it's more um, I think you all uh, both experienced uh, maybe an implementation from hard coded to a tech manager and it's the same implementation <laughs> and different numbers and it's all Coming back to that feeling again? No, 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 no. Oh. That, that, that is different because uh, there is just, um, depending on how much JavaScript is being loaded and when, uh, that has, can have quite a significant impact. Yeah. It has an impact, but you have to live with it. Or, so I prefer not to use Tag Manager for my analytics, but that's my personal opinion. Whereas I see, I prefer I do. 
in the in the right hands. Yep. It's like anything in the wrong which hand, is, which can, is not our note. Yeah. <laughs> he has no access to my tag manager. <laughs> I do have access to quite a quite a lot. Yeah. Hi. Uh, yeah. One final question. What is the most uh, interesting technique you've experienced in decreasing your uh, direct traffic? Uh, getting people to put UTM tags on everything that moves. <laughs> I mean, that's that's the obvious answer. I know, but yeah. Okay, um, so I have a deck on my slide share with uh, uh, six practical flick fixes you can do. Uh, it goes into search sources that are not being seen as organic, and it does direct. So there's a few things. So the first one is adding uh, a different um, uh, um, sources. So like, uh, uh, what is com.android.google as, as refer. Um, so you can basically filter on that. Uh, and the second one I've implemented is UTM tag your open graph uh, for organic sharing. So that is, it's a pity Facebook itself doesn't pick it up, but tools like Slack and WhatsApp do. So you, you, you basically can see this is, as people call it, dark social. So then you can make it a, a channel as organic, um, uh, organic social. So that's another trick, but just look up the, the deck, it's on, uh, on my slideshow. And for a further deep dive, Arnold will be at the bar tonight. <laughs> uh, thank you so much, Arnold. Thank you so much, uh, Charles. Uh, thank you for the, for the questions. Uh, we'll have a small 10-minute break. Uh, again, we will publish uh, probably publish uh, uh, this session and the other sessions if you want to uh, be notified when we do uh, go to zero.cafe slash subscribe or subscribe in your favorite uh, podcast app. Next session uh, will be with two very familiar faces to you. Uh, at least it should be Emily Robinson and Lucas Vermeer. We talk about uh, data science. Uh, the one after that, experimentation culture with Kevin Anderson from ING and Denise Visser from Bold.com. And the last one, we're going to talk with Roger Dooley and Bart Schutz about psychology. So that's going to be interesting. So uh, see you in a bit. Thanks. Thank